0: You don't know flag. do Welcome to You Don't Know Flag, the podcast full of stories about retro gaming, retro computing, video games, arcade games, and technology from a guy who was there and still is. My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flack. Episode 169, Cruises. Greetings and salutations, listeners, and welcome to another episode of You Don't Know Flack. Today is January 15th, 2016, and I'm your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. On today's episode of You Don't Know Flack, we will be talking about cruises, if you follow me on Facebook or on my website, you may know that my family and I over the holiday took a cruise to Hawaii. And so this isn't just a recap of our vacation. I put together a lot of information about uh, cruises and cruise ships and, and, uh, all the things that we discovered and experienced on the trip. And a little bit about, you know, if you decide to take a cruise, how to plan for that. So I try to make the shows informative and entertaining. So, Uh, This is another one where you're probably thinking, this is something I would never want to read or hear about, but I'm hoping by the end of the episode, you will uh, feel differently about this. Now on the cruise, I knew that I was going to be taking some notes uh, for an upcoming podcast. So I took my SX-64, the portable uh, or luggable Commodore 64 that weighs in at, I think, around 20 pounds on the cruise, and I typed up all my notes on the sx64 i don't know if you're actually believing this story or not but uh i typed everything up and so as i transfer all my notes back over before we get started we have a little bit of time to chat in a segment i like to call loading time loading time loading time loading time well welcome back everybody welcome to 2016 this is the first show of a new year so i'm really excited i uh, had some time off from my vacation and then I had some time off because my kid got me sick. <laughs> oh, there's nothing like uh, sending your kids to school, having them come home sick. And then, uh, you just count the days because you know, you're going to have it, uh, in another week or so. And that's exactly what happened. And in fact, uh, my daughter was sick when we left on vacation, she was just coming out of it and, uh, I got sick on vacation and due to a combination of that cold and the change in the weather and my sinuses, the change of of traveling, I've had a cough ever since. I've been coughing for a solid three weeks now. It's very annoying. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to die, but uh, uh, with enough NyQuil and DayQuil and nose spray and everything else, I'm getting through it. Throat spray, that red throat spray stuff that you spray and it danger throw. has got me through many a night over the last couple of weeks. So, but, uh, here we are 2016. I made, uh, wrote down three things that I wanted to talk about during loading time this week. They're just bullets. Uh, so I don't have any specific notes about them, but the first one, obviously, if you've been following the last few episodes is star Wars, episode seven, the force awakens. Now on our trip, we planned this cruise over a year ago. We picked the date. We started paying on it. And I'll talk more about making payments on a cruise later in the show. And my wife was very excited. She said, boy, I can't wait till December 18th. And I said, me too. I know December 18th is going to be awesome. And eventually we realized we were talking about two different things. December 18th was the release, the debut, the Friday that... Star Wars 7 came out, but December 18th also happened to be the day that we left on the cruise. And we were supposed to board. Uh, boarding began at noon. So all of a sudden it became very clear to me that I was not going to get to see Star Wars Episode 7 on opening day. But my wife, who goes above and beyond in many ways, found tickets for uh, the Thursday night show in Los Angeles, which is where our cruise left. So we. Flew to Los Angeles a day early. We flew there on the 17th, and once we landed, we we didn't have much time. We got a rental car. We went to the hotel. Uh, the hotel was uh, right next to the mall where uh, Grumman's Chinese Theater and all that stuff is. The, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is right out there, and we walked across the street to El Capitan Theater, which is owned by Disney. Uh, the, I... I talked a little bit about this on the, the website, but just to sum this up, we go into this theater. There are, of course, people in costume. I mean, this is, this is the Thursday night. There's people holding lightsabers. We get inside. There are uh, life-size Lego sculptures. Not a sculpture. I guess a Lego, uh, what would you call it? A, a Lego statue of characters. There are costumes that appear in the movie uh, on display. We go in, there's a guy on stage at El Capitan playing the pipe organ, and he's playing a medley of Disney tunes. Uh, He plays a medley of science fiction themes. He plays like the theme to Superman, the theme of E.T. It is an incredible experience. Eventually the pipe organ disappears down into the stage. Then El Capitan does a laser light show that was probably, I don't know, three minutes, five minutes in length had dancing lightsabers, like real physical effects, uh, you know, lightsabers mounted on uh, this scaffolding that moved around and things that were on the screen and and lasers and fog. And I, I mean, if I had just gone to a show like that, it would have been impressive. But then we got to see Star Wars 7. And of course, uh, because we had traveled, we were off two time zones uh, and this was a midnight showing. So it felt like it was two in the morning. I had uh, my wife with me, the kids with me. Um, so it was a late night, but everybody enjoyed it And the star Wars seven, the force awakens, you know, obviously I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to talk about that. Although there, there has to be a deadline somewhere where we say, okay, it's okay to start spoiling it. You know I mean, <laughs> at some point we have to say, if you're, if you haven't seen it by now, then, uh, you know, you may not care about spoilers, but, uh, we just recorded a new episode of throwback reviews where we talk all about. Uh, star Wars, the force awakens, and there are plenty of spoilers on that. So if you want to hear some spoilers, uh, you can go check out that episode. But, um, without going into the actual movie itself, I will just say when I saw it, I thought it was the greatest star Wars movie of all time. I thought it was better than everything. (laughs) And then after a week of thinking about the plot and, uh, you know, how derivative it is from the original films, uh, especially the, the original, you know, uh, original star Wars episode four, I was like, well, boy, it was kind of disappointing. And then I was kind of back up. So it's kind of a roller coaster, you know, of, uh, emotions. It's star Wars is always going to be an emotional experience for me. Um, I find it funny that when the prequels came out, like when the original, uh, Phantom Menace came out, I, uh, defended it at first. I was like, it's a star Wars movie. We have to love this. You don't, uh, taking into consideration how the movie was, was not important. It wasn't, you know, whether or not we're going to like it. It's how does this fit into the Star Wars universe? So at the beginning, you had all these people that were against the prequels, the very early prequel haters. And those people have gotten louder over time. And now it seems like those same, like, it wasn't cool in the very beginning to hate the prequels. You know, that kind of came slowly. Um, But there were always those bandwagon people. And so now uh, that the new movies out and a lot of people like it. Uh, it seems like those prequel people have all flipped and now they're, they're all, you know, defending the prequels. I don't know. It's very, just very confusing and it's very, um, you could drive yourself crazy trying to follow public opinion on things like that. So I try not to, I just try to find what, uh, uh, what I like about a film and I, and it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect movie, you know, but, Um, and it was very similar to the original star Wars. There were a lot of, you know, you know, the plot was very, very similar, but, and there were parts that were so similar. The star killer base being like the death star was that, that was like one step too many for me, but you know, I, I think that's what it has to be. And so I said this on throwback reviews and I'll say it here and I, and I'll just leave it, leave it there is I hope what this star Wars movie is, is. And it can never be, <laughs> so I, I I'll I will preface it by saying that. But I hope what this movie is, is the Star Wars that for this generation's kid, like our Star Wars was for our generation. Um, I don't see a lot of teens and 20-somethings that are hooked on Star Wars because of the prequels, you know? But my friends that have younger kids, kids that are younger than mine, the kids that are five, six, seven, eight years old... Uh, are enamored with this new Star Wars movie, and they are begging for Kylo Ren action figures and Poe uh, and Finn and Ray and all these new characters. So that's what I hope. Uh, if nothing else out of this film, I hope that this movie turns a new generation of kids onto Star Wars and they go back and they find all the old stuff that we loved and they have their new Star Wars that they can take and go forward with. I just don't feel like there was a generation of kids that grabbed onto Star um, you know, attack of the clones. And we're like, this is my star Wars. <laughs> I will try to edit this episode as smoothly as possible. I've been trying to get through episodes without doing much editing, but, uh, I, I'm still coughing and hacking so much stuff up that, and I don't want to leave that in an episode. So, uh, if you hear any abrupt edits that, uh, <laughs> might be what have happened. So anyway, that's enough star Wars. Um, second, I really wanted to take just a moment and mention that Monday, is Martin Luther King day. Um, you know, a lot of people see it as day off of school, day off of work and Hey, that's great. You know, everybody enjoys a day off. Um, but I would suggest that you take a moment and think about Martin Luther King. Think about what he stood for. Think about, uh, equality. Think about treating all people equal, you know, people of all, not just different colors, people of different religions. This is a crazy time right now. All you have to do is turn on any Republican debate and see how crazy <laughs> times are right now. You know, years ago, my wife and I went to the uh, Martin Luther King uh, Equal Rights Museum in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. It's at the Hotel uh, where he was assassinated, and it is a moving experience, you know, and it, it was something that I just felt like that we needed to do to try and understand things, you know, and try, and I don't know that, that any of us can understand, and I don't know that, um, you know, none of us can, can change the past, but what we could do is learn from the past, you know, and do better than the generation before us, and do, you know, I, I think we have we have two responsibilities. One is do better than the generation before us did. And number two is help our kids do better than we did. So I, uh, last year, and, and I've seen it before, but last year I took my kids to the, um, uh, national history museum in uh, Washington, DC. And one of the things they have on display is the, um, the sit-in counter from the, uh, uh, Montgomery, Alabama, uh, where the, uh, four African-American, uh, young men sat, uh, at, you know, and they've taken the whole counter and the bar stools and everything. And they have an article, they have a newspaper article there with pictures, you know, and things like that. And man, that stuff chokes me up every time, you know, I mean, when you see a chunk of history and how, uh, small people can make big changes, you know, it doesn't always take a million people, um, to, to, make a change. Sometimes you as a single person can make a difference, you know? So, uh, anyway, that's all I would say about, uh, Martin Luther King day. I hope that you do something fun on the holiday and, and spend it with your kids. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, like I said, enjoy the day, but also just take a moment to think about uh, what that day means and how we can all make this planet a little bit better. The last thing on my list, and this is a terrible segue to go from a a serious topic to a silly topic, but um, I am hooked on the love boat. And (laughs) there's no segue to go between Martin Luther King Day and the love boat, I don't think. But um, uh, if you have a good idea for a segue I should use, you should email me and let me know. The cruise that my family and I went on was owned by uh, Princess, the company Princess Cruises. Uh, and that happens to be the same, uh, cruise line that is featured in the love boat. Now I remember watching the love boat just a little bit as a kid and thinking that ship was amazingly huge, but I did a little bit of research and the, uh, ship on the love boat held 600 passengers, the ship that my family and I went on recently holds 3,600 passengers. It is six times as large as the ship on the love boat. And when they show those faraway shots of the ship, and you can see a few decks up there, uh, the, the ship that we were on actually had an elevator went to the 18th deck, but there was actually a 19th deck. So it's just a massive, it is literally a city on the ocean. (laughs) But in your room, there's a television and there's only a few channels. They don't want you sitting in your room the whole time. And and who would want to do that? But one of the channels showed Love Boat episodes 24-7. Now, I I know what the Love Boat is. I may have seen it when I was a kid, but I was not a fan of the Love Boat. But when we would lay down at night in the cabin, we would turn the TV on. And Love Boat episodes were on, and I would watch a few episodes. And by the end of the cruise, I was hooked on the Love Boat. And so uh, I said, when we get home, I'm going to buy all the the Love Boat episodes on DVD. Well, first of all, uh, they're not all available on DVD. They only sold the first two seasons. And it appears to be one of those situations where um, you you don't know what caused what. But when they originally released... The Seasons, they have a a, um, a package that has Season 1 and Season 2. They were selling it for over $100. Well, you know, I like retro television. I like old shows, but I'm not paying over $100 for two seasons of The Love Boat. Well, it didn't sell well. And so based on low sales, they didn't make more of them. But, of course, if they had lowered the price originally, maybe they would have sold more, and then they would have made more uh, uh, seasons available on DVD. So I picked up the first two seasons. Then I went online and I was able to find seasons, uh, three through nine. I think there's a 10th season, but I have not found any episodes from there. Um, and so I'm watching one episode. I'm going through the show right now. watching one episode a night. I joked with Sean on uh, the last throwback that we should start a love boat podcast, but I don't know that, uh, that's really in the cards and I, it's not really, um, uh, there's lots of, uh, podcasts. I know I listened to the great American, uh, uh, hero podcast. I listen to, uh, saved by the podcast. There are lots of podcasts. Uh, the uh, Gilligan's Island one that Guy Hutchinson's doing. There's lots of podcasts that go through television shows episode by episode. Um, and, uh, I like listening to those. But I just have so many things on my plate that I don't know that uh, I have the, the time to put into another episode or a, another uh, podcast of that nature. So, uh, But they, but maybe you should do it. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, <laughs> you start a, a Love Boat podcast and I'll listen to it because I'm watching an episode every day and I just love looking at uh, um, all the, the cameos, all the stars that they had on. I mean, it's not like they had a star come on for an episode. They might have five famous people, you know, come on, uh, I think the one I had watched last night, it was like Milton Berle and Florence Henderson and, and, uh, you know, I saw the one with Chara. It's just crazy. That show is crazy, but I'm really enjoying it. So anyway, that's, uh, enough talking about uh, all these things. I see that the, uh, my notes have transferred from the SX 64 long ago. Uh, so I will just say, if you have any feedback about this episode, or any other episode in the show in general, you can email your feedback to me at Rob O'Hara at RobOHara.com. Drop me a message on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash you don't know flack. Follow me on Twitter at Commodore or leave me a voice message on my podcast hotline, which is 405-486-YDKF. The notes are loaded, so let's go right into this episode, which is all about our cruise. My family works hard and my family plays hard. We put in a lot of hours at work. My wife and I both work for the government. We work really hard, but we also get, um, several weeks of vacation every year. And we use that vacation time up and we very rarely take one day off here, or one day off there. What we do is we take multiple trips a year during spring break We might drive somewhere close by, go on a little trip during the summer, uh, we go on a trip, and then during the kids' uh, Christmas break where they get out of school for a couple of weeks, we take a trip uh, during that time as well, so... Um, and they're not all huge vacations. It makes it sound like we go on these giant, you know, safaris. It's not, it's not that, you know, sometimes we, uh, a couple of years ago, we drove to Dallas, which is three hours away, uh, and, and spent some time going to museums and, and doing things there. So they're not all giant vacations. Um, but there are different kinds of vacations. There's road trips, uh, and road trips are fun because, uh, as they say, half the fun is getting there. you know you drive and you you find all these great things along the way. My wife has a uh an app on her phone called Roadside Attractions that points out uh fun and enjoyable and sometimes silly things to see along the way, like when we drove up north uh earlier this year or last year now it said don't don't uh don't miss the world's largest Coke can, which we pulled off and saw, and it was a Farmer's old falling down silo that had been painted like a can of Coca-Cola. Uh, so sometimes they're not all great attractions, but road trips, you know, are uh, one type of vacation. And then there's flying. Flying, of course, uh, as I am uh, uh, infamously, is that even how you would say that, known for, uh, I hate flying. But uh, sometimes flying is the best way to start a vacation if you're trying to vacation somewhere else, which eh, that's kind of a, that's a bad way to say that because I guess pretty much all vacations are (laughs) about being somewhere else. But if you're not interested in the the actual adventure of the voyage, you just want to start your vacation somewhere else. And sometimes uh, flying is the way to do that. You know, you can fly across this country in four hours. Or you can drive it in four days, you know. So if you're just trying to start, you know, if your vacation's in New York City, then maybe you just fly there and then, and then you're done with that. If you, if you're not interested, or sometimes you don't have the time for a road trip. So, um, uh, so you have that kind, but then you have cruises and cruises are like a combination of the two because, um, it's like a road trip where you're on this adventure and part of the fun is getting there and there's all kinds of fun things going on. Uh, and then once you get to whatever your destination is, there are things to do there. We took a cruise to Hawaii. So we left from L.A. Um, we So we flew, I should say, to L.A., uh, which was a two-hour, 15-minute flight from Oklahoma. Uh, and then, you know, once we got on the cruise, it was five days to Hawaii. Then we spent four days on the Hawaiian Islands. And then it was six days back. So... That was a long cruise. That is not the longest uh, by far. There are cruises that, that go for months and months, uh, but that was the longest cruise that we had ever gone on. Now, uh, I tell people we've gone on three cruises. Technically, we've gone on four, um, but I don't even count the first one. So the first cruise that we went on uh, was to the Bahamas. It was for our honeymoon. We left from Florida. And we took a cruise over to the Bahamas. That's a four hour trip. We didn't even have a room. We just hung out on the ship for four hours and then got off in the Bahamas. So, uh, it's not really a cruise. Like when you think of a, a cruise adventure, uh, the only notable thing about that, I guess there were two notable things about that one. That's when I found out that, uh, uh, that I get seasick and number two, uh, I was, um, just elated to discover that on our path on that cruise, we went through part of the Bermuda Triangle uh, and I lived to tell the tale. So, uh, but I, <laughs> that made that whole trip, uh, worth it for me. I really, uh, was really excited about that, but that was back in uh, August of 1995. Like I said, it's it was so unlike a cruise experience that it's not really even worth, uh, you know, counting as a cruise. And so when I when I, Talk about cruises, I tell people that we've been on three. Um, So in uh, June of 2009, we went on our first real cruise. We went to Cozumel. Uh, We left from Galveston, Texas. So we drove from Oklahoma down to Galveston, uh, which I think was a little over 12 hours Um, and then we took that, that cruise and that was, uh, you know, you, you just go to, to Cozumel. We did a few things there and then you come back. So that was a good, that's a good cruise to, um, you know, kind of get your feet wet. If, uh, if you're not sure that uh, you're going to enjoy cruising. Uh, and then, uh, three years later in 2012, we took a cruise to Alaska. Now that left from Seattle and we drove from Oklahoma to Seattle. Now that drive took us 3 days so we drove all the way to seattle and then we got on the cruise and we went uh, uh to alaska and that cruise was really good and and i should say that uh, all of our cruises uh, our kids have gone with us on as well uh, so we we uh we had a great time and of course on the the road trip we did so many things you know we went to mount rushmore we went to uh yellowstone we saw the biggest ball of twine, uh, not in Minnesota, but in Nebraska. Uh, so it, it was, um, a really, really fun, uh, trip and really long, but we have a ton of uh, great pictures and memories from that one. Uh, and then we have the most recent one, which is the one that we just got back from a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was to Hawaii. So like I said, we flew to Los Angeles, uh, which was, uh, just under two and a half hour flight we stayed the night there. We saw star Wars, which was awesome. Uh, and then we, uh, uh, got on the ship the next day. So, um, this entire podcast from this point on is really just a series of bullet points that I made when we got back talking about, um, you know, some of the things that we learned, some of the things you should know, some of the interesting points or whatever. And so, Uh, I arranged them as logically as I could figure out how to do so. Uh, but if it sounds like I'm jumping around on topics, that's, uh, very possible too. So, um, I wrote down here a series of steps, uh, that you go through or different phases. So the first one is, uh, you get to your cruise, then you, uh, embark, which is when you get on the ship, then you cruise to the location. You do excursions, uh, if you want at the location, then you cruise back home, then you, uh, disembark, which is where you get off the ship. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, each one of those, uh, uh parts here in, uh, in the podcast. Um, there's also, something to look at on your cruise, which is sea days versus port days. That's kind of interesting. And you know, a port port is when, you know, you're, you arrive and you dock or at a port or whatever, like our four days, uh, uh, at Hawaii. And we actually, uh, went to four different islands. So the, the ship, you know, traveled each night, uh, to a new location. Um, but in the real world, you and I, we go to work, we have jobs, we deal with other people and we have, uh, calendars. And so we go by whatever the date is or by the day. And we also, um, you know, look at clocks and use uh, watches or our phones to see what time it is. A lot of that stuff gets thrown out the window (laughs) on a cruise. Uh, The experience is much more similar to being in a casino. Now, um, that doesn't mean that you don't know that it's day or night. It's just that um, a lot of times you're not having to do anything at a specific time. So it doesn't matter what time it is. Now, that being said, there are a lot of things that happen on the cruise ship at a, uh, given time. So, you know, you do need to know what time it is, but as far as whether it's Wednesday or Thursday, who cares, you know, really all people talk about is how many sea days. So we would say, okay, it's day three of the sea days, you know, and we know that after five, we're going to be in Hawaii. And then it was, you know, six days back. So uh, that's, becomes how people, uh, know what day it is. It's not, uh, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's, you know, we're a C day or it's a port day, <laughs> which I thought was, um, uh, kind of interesting. So one thing I wanted to mention is about, uh, paying for a cruise. When you purchase the tickets for a cruise, there might be some sticker shock. I know there was for me when I found out what my wife paid for this cruise, um, which, uh, uh, is good that she did not tell me up front how much the cruise cost. Now there are inexpensive tickets. There are very cheap tickets, uh, and there are very expensive tickets. And we pretty much on this cruise went all out. Um, and when my wife told me how much we paid, I was like, wow, that was like, you know, my first three or four cars combined <laughs> was the cost of this vacation. Um, but it doesn't hurt quite so bad because uh, we bought our tickets over a year, close to a year and a half before we went on our cruise. Uh, so we were able to make payments over 18 months. Uh, so, you know, you pay a little bit every payday and it goes towards that. And then when the time of the cruise comes, the cruise is paid off. So it's not like, you know, you just spent thousands of dollars to walk onto a ship. Yes, you did spend that money, but you spent it over a long period of time. So it doesn't feel... Uh, quite so bad. And one of the things that's included in that payment are all your tips for everything that happens on the ship. So I think it's $12 per person per day that's figured in. So when you go to the restaurant, when you go to different places, you're not expected to leave uh, a cash tip because those people are already being paid tips from everybody that's on the ship. Now, the one exception to that. Is your bags. My wife is an over planner. She does not want to be surprised. She doesn't want to have, uh, you know, get on the cruise, get to the ship and find out that we have forgot something. So, along with our carry on bags, uh, and I had my backpack, my CPAP bag, the kids each had uh, one or two carry ons. Uh, in addition to that, my wife packed seven suitcases for the four of us. Now, we're going to be gone for 2 weeks, so you have to take a lot of clothes, although it turned out later that we did have uh, access to a free laundry room. Uh but you have to take all this stuff. So, when we got to the airport and we went outside and took a taxi to the hotel, it's pretty much expected that anytime someone touches your bag, you're going to pay them a dollar for that bag. So, when we took the uh, taxi, the guy loaded all of our bags into this taxi and took us to the hotel. That was $7 at the hotel. When we pulled up, the guy began unloading all our baggage. That was $7. He put it on the little cart and pushed it into the hotel. We went into, into the hotel, checked into the room. The bagman says, Oh, I'll bring your stuff up uh, to the room. I'm like, Ugh. he gets up there. My wife pays him $7. Uh, the next day, you know, when we check out. Uh, the guy comes up to the room, he loads all the baggage, goes down. He wants $7. When we get to the airport, the people come out. I was like, don't touch my damn bags. (laughs) Like we've already tipped like, you know, more than some of these bags are worth. Uh, so that, uh, is something that you want to take, you know, and my wife knew she, I think she'd got out $50 in ones and just, you know, knows to expect that. But that's something that I would not have known about or would have forgotten about. Uh, Oh, and then we, of course, uh, the next morning we took uh, a taxi from the hotel to the uh, port, which is where you, you get on your cruise ship. And there's a porter who comes out and the porters were all very nice. Uh, and they have these big giant carts and they load up everybody's suitcase to take and put on the ship. And they want a dollar <laughs> I bag. So I was, um, the guy was very nice and very helpful. But I was getting a little worn thin on giving people $7 every time they walked around. So um, the morning of uh, December 18th, that was our embarkation. And so uh, you go to the port. And it's very exciting because you see your ship for the first time and you see how big these ships are. Uh, There was a sign, and I have some numbers here later on I'll be reading, but there was a sign uh, on the the ninth deck. So when you walk outside the ship on the ninth deck, there was a sign for the people that like to walk around for their exercise. They walk around uh, the ninth deck uh, to get their daily exercise. And there was a little sign there that said two and a half times around the ship equals one mile. Uh, the ship is around a thousand feet long. Uh, so, you know, over three football fields, plus it's just, you know, amazingly tall. You're looking up at this thing, uh, you know, it's 19 stories, 19 levels, 19 stories tall. Uh, I mean, it's like a a giant building that you're about to get on. So that's kind of an exciting time. Um, and then, uh, (sighs) You know, you need to have, when you go in, you, you, uh, because almost all cruises stop in, in other countries. So you have to have your passport, you do all this and then you walk in and this is like the worst part of the trip, uh, because you walk in and of course there's thousands of other people that are all trying to do the same thing. And so they route you into this line and that line and you get checked in, you get your cruise cards, um, and it just takes forever and you're shuffling. I mean, it's not that bad, but it's not being on a cruise, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the, the TSA part of, uh, you know, before you fly and go to a great vacation or destination, it's just that necessary evil. Um, and I, we, um, there, there were some problems. There were some people that, uh, some Canadians on the previous cruise ship that had packed, their passports in their luggage. Uh, if you've been on a cruise, you know what a bad idea that is because then you become separated from your luggage. Uh, and these people couldn't get off the ship because they didn't have their passports. So it held up our getting on the ship for, uh, over an hour. And we were standing around, we were miserable and, you know, the kids were sitting on the floor. It was hot. And I told my wife, I said, you know, uh, later on, this will just be a funny 30 second thing I talk about in the podcast. And here we are. That's exactly what it was. Uh, so at the time it seemed like a big deal, but in retrospect, it was such a tiny little blip. Uh, you know, I can't even remember you know what we talked about or what we did during that time. We just stood there and waited. That's all you could do. Uh, then eventually you will go through the TSA, just like at the airport. Uh, you run your bags through because there are certain things, uh, that they don't want you taking on a cruise ship like gun or, um, certain types of food, uh, you know, anything like that. So, uh, you go through and then you're on the ship and it feels like things have just begun, but they haven't begun yet because there's going to be one more pain in the butt thing coming up, uh, that I'll talk about. But the first thing you do, first thing I do when you go on the ship, uh, is orient yourself, find where the elevators are. Uh, most cruise ships, most modern cruise ships have three sets of elevators. There's one right in the middle, and then there's one about halfway between the middle and the front and one halfway between the middle and the rear of the ship. So you find where the elevators are and then, uh, on the elevators or, you know, next to the elevators, there will be a couple of maps. One will be like a top down view. The other one is a sideways view and it will show you, um, you know, where you are on each set of elevator doors on the inside of the door, um, on the, the frame, I guess I would say is a number. That number tells you what floor you're on. I know it sounds ridiculous, but all the floors, especially near the elevators look very similar. Uh, so, you know, it was very helpful to find where those numbers were. So it's just that, um, getting oriented type thing. Now, next to every, set of elevators are also stairs and they're like big, it's like carpeted and it's wide so that two or three people side by side can walk up and down the stairs. And there's two sets of stairs. Um, I would tell you right now, get ready to be walking up and down stairs because, uh, there's so many people on a cruise ship and there's a limited amount of elevators. So you can find yourself spending a lot of your time waiting for elevators. There are lots of times where we would hit the button and it would take five minutes maybe uh, only you know to find out an elevator that was full of other people. So you have to wait for the next elevator. Um, and there are a few times where if you've ever been desperate for an elevator, you'll get on an elevator going the wrong way just so you know that you're in it. And then hopefully you know once it's done, you could get to wherever you're going. We did that a few times. Um, but our rule was if we were going – Uh, three floors or less, we would take the stairs. So um, we did a a few things on uh, the seventh floor. I forgot what was on the seventh floor, but we, our room was on the ninth floor. So when we were doing that, oh, uh, the uh, um, the theater, uh, they had a big theater on the seventh floor. So when we were going down there, we would just walk down two flights of stairs. It wasn't any big deal. Um, Like I said, they they are big padded, you know, and um, it's not like you know, clanging around on metal or concrete stairs. Um, and the same thing for up and down, especially on the upper decks, you know, when you're on the the 15th floor, which is where the buffet is. And then your kids are doing something on the 18th floor where the kids stuff is, uh, you're going to wait five minutes at least for an elevator, or you could just walk up the stairs and be there in a minute, you know? So, uh, that, that's, um, one recommendation I would have is just, just get in that mindset that you're probably going to be walking up and down stairs. Uh, the first thing we did and that you should do is go to your room and you get on the ship, you go find your room. And, and, uh, uh, now when, when you got on the ship, there were people that took your luggage and you do not have your luggage. You have your carry on luggage, but you don't have your suitcases with you. And those are going to show up late in the evening of the first day of the cruise, which means there's quite a while where you don't have access to your suitcases. Now, a trick that my wife found out a long time ago was that in your carry-on luggage, take bathing suits. The reason for that is on the cruise ship, there were six swimming pools and I forgot how many jacuzzis, I think 20, they said, different hot tubs uh, located around the ship. Most people, Pack their bathing suits and their luggage, and they won't have access to them <laughs> uh, until the end of the first day, or possibly you know the beginning of the second day. Uh, but if you have a bathing suit in your carry-on, the minute you get on the ship, which we were on the ship by uh, uh, I think one one thirty p.m. on the first day, and the cruise ship didn't even leave till uh, three o'clock, uh, didn't pull out of dock till three. Um, but, uh, the kids could go right to the pool, which is what they did. They went to go swim and they were the only people in there. And I mean, there were one or two other kids at different places. And those were obviously people, uh, who knew the same trick we did, (laughs) which was bring your, your swimming trunks. Um, some of the other things we always take in our carry on is, uh, number one, Tylenol or Advil or whatever, some sort of, uh, aspirin, um, you know, for headaches and things like that. Uh, of course, you keep your passport with you at all times. Don't put it in your suitcase because you're going to be showing, uh, your passport, your ID, whatever uh, you have, uh, multiple times. And you want to have that with you. Now, uh, I, as I mentioned before, it, get dreadfully, terribly seasick. Uh, we found that out on the first cruise. There were some hints before that. Um, I don't really get motion sickness in the front of a car. Um, uh, occasionally if I'm in the, the rear of a car, I really get it on first person shooter games. Uh, any type of 3d ish type of game like that gives me a, a headache and makes me, uh, you know, my stomach upset and, uh, and really hurts my vision. Uh, and so when we went on the first cruise, that little four hour thing over to the Bahamas, I spent half of that up on the open air deck, throwing up over the railing. It was uh, not a good experience. So, uh, they have these seasick patches. You may have seen them on television or or heard people talk about them. They're little, they look like a little tiny round bandaid and you stick it like right behind your ear on your neck and they're good for three days. And I am telling you. Uh, I went from somebody who threw up the entire time on my first four hour cruise to a guy who did not feel, uh, nauseous or dizzy or anything the entire time. Uh, now when we went on that cruise to Cozumel back in 2009, uh, and the Alaska cruise for that matter, we had to go through my doctor it's a prescription and get these things. This time my wife found them on eBay Uh, and you, she bought them on eBay and they shipped from Vietnam. I don't know how legal that is. (laughs) You don't know. Flack is not responsible for legal advice on this show. Uh, but they arrived and they worked great. And so, um, if you've never gone on a cruise, I recommend ordering some just in case, you know, because you don't want to be on a ship for the next 15 days and find out that you're seasick. So, um, they were not that expensive. And definitely, um, uh, you know, for somebody like me, it enables you to, uh, go on cruises. We also packed some, uh, Dramamine just in case. And we did take some Dramamine one night when the ship was rocking pretty good on the waves. Um, there's no, uh, question that you are on the ocean and uh, the ocean is a big place full of big waves and your ship will be moving. Sometimes it'll be moving a little, sometimes it will be moving a lot. So uh, you know, if you are susceptible to, uh, motion sickness in any way, then that's definitely something that you should, uh, take and put in your, uh, carry on bag. Also, once, uh, you get on the cruise ship and you, you can do it right when you get on, or you can do it when you pull away from the dock, whatever, but that's a good time to put your phone in airplane mode. The reason I say that is because the cruise ship, Uh, once you get out in international waters does have its own cell phone tower and its own cell service. And, uh, when you connect to that, things are going to get expensive real quick. If you've ever, uh, this almost sounds like the olden days of, uh, getting hit with roaming charges and things like that, but it's very real, uh, on a cruise ship, they will charge you and it, it is very expensive. They do have internet access that you have to sign up. It is 75 cents a minute on our cruise. Uh, now you could buy blocks of them. I think you could buy a hundred minutes for, uh, 50 or $55, something like that, but, um, it's slow and it's expensive and you don't want to be doing that on the cruise, you know? Um, and this was, you could use a cruise as basically an excuse to get away from work or people or, or whoever, you know, uh, you don't want to be spending all your time and money on the internet while you're out there. And like I said, it, I, uh, uh they had a inter- local internet, uh, I guess that would not be internet. It would be intranet, uh, website you could connect to to send messages to other passengers or see the schedule. And it would take like two minutes to load the page on my phone. So if I were paying 75 cents a minute for that, I would have been extremely upset, uh, and just frustrated. And like I said, you know, if you want to, take a vacation where you play on the internet for a week, stay home and do that. And I'm not against that. I, that actually sounds like a pretty good time, you know? Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I would just, my personal recommendation is go into that, uh, uh, cruise with the mindset that you're not going to be online. Now, when you get uh, to your destination, like when you get to Hawaii, uh, like we went to, or when we went to Alaska, um, you know, we could access our phones because we were hitting the, the cell phones uh, actually on land. Now, one thing to remember is you want to check your cell phone plan and see if you go to uh, Alaska or Hawaii uh, that you have coverage on all 50 states. Most of the default cell plans, uh, or at least the one that we had, uh, only covered uh, 48 states. And so we had to actually add, uh, upgrade our plan to cover Alaska and Hawaii, but, but we were glad we did because we were able to, uh, share pictures on Facebook and, and, uh, send emails and get caught up in things when we were in Hawaii. And especially, you know, like at night when you're in Hawaii and you're docked, uh, or in the evening, that's a good time to uh, catch up on that stuff. So, uh, I mentioned that we went to our room. There are a lot of different Types of rooms that are available on a cruise ship. And the question you got to ask yourself is how much time do you plan on uh, spending in the room? And that will help you decide what kind of room uh, that you want. The smallest rooms are inside rooms. Uh, so they are not near a window. They don't have a window. Basically, they have a bed, uh, maybe a little desk. Um, they have a stand up type shower. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not a big luxurious room. It's a place to go sleep and to to put your bags and, and, you know, a, a crash pad more or less. So if you're a person that's going to spend most of their time out, you know, doing things. And also this is a pretty inexpensive, uh, ticket. I mean, it's, it's hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars. So, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a bad deal, especially if it's your first cruise and and if it's just you or you and your wife, something like that, uh, you know, that would be a good deal. Then, uh, the next is, uh, there's outside rooms and they have like a window. Uh, I don't even know if the window opens. Uh, like I saw some that had a portal, <laughs> you know, that you could see out. Um, but so they're similar to the inside rooms, except for they have a window, but they don't have a deck. Um, and then there are outside rooms that have balconies. And so you see a lot of those, of course, when you're outside looking up at the ship, those are the rooms, uh, that you'll see. And of course these are all going up, you know, hundreds of dollars. Um, but it just depends on, you know, what you enjoy. And then finally, uh, the, the, uh, biggest rooms is the suites. Now we had originally booked two rooms side by side, one for us, one for the kids, but the cruise was overbooked. And so, uh, they were able to adjust ours, and they bumped us up to a suite. Now this worked out uh, great for a couple of things. One, because we got so much more room uh, than we would have had otherwise. But also, uh, you get you are a suite passenger, and so just like um, hotel chains, places that have platinum members, there are platinum cruise members for cruise ships, but suite passengers are included in that. So there were a lot of things on our ship that were only available to platinum, uh, or suite members. And so I'll be talking about some of those things here in a few minutes, but, uh, yeah, so we had a suite, it was two rooms, one for the kids, which was almost like one of those interior rooms that had two sets of bunk beds. It had a little desk with a TV, uh, and it had closets and a, and a small bathroom. And then, uh, my wife and I had a slightly larger room. It had a king size bed. Uh, it had a full bath. Uh, so it had a bathtub slash shower and a, a toilet and sink and stuff in there. It had a big closet. Um, and then connecting those rooms was what they called a den. Now the den had two sofas that folded out into beds and a TV, and that's pretty much it. Um, The sofa – I definitely – the the den was smaller than my walk-in closet was at the last house (laughs) that we lived in. All three of these rooms combined – we about 500 square foot, just over 500 square foot. So, um, you know, it's definitely not a huge area, but compared to a lot of areas on the ship, it was a huge area. And I am the type of person that needs to, uh, get away every now and then to go sit in my room and just recharge. Uh, so I enjoyed having the larger room. And then off of that den was our deck. And we had a deck with, um, oh, if you had people standing out there, you probably could have had, I don't know. 15, 20 people. I mean, it was a good sized deck. It ran the length of both of our rooms. Uh, we had four, uh, chairs and then two little bench things. And then a table out on our, uh, deck. Now I will tell you that our room was uh, room one Oh one. We were the front room on our floor, which, uh, I don't know why. I mean, it's not like prestigious, like where you're at. Um, But our deck was twice as big as everyone else's balcony. And we were like, this is awesome. Uh, But since we were the front room, there was nothing in front of our room to block the wind. So every night our chairs blew into a big giant pile, um, you know, and and our deck when we were out in the ocean was – unusable because it was so windy. I mean, there were days where it was okay, but there were days where it was like a 40 mile an hour wind and it was like standing, you know, just walking out into a tornado (laughs) and all the chairs would be flipped upside down. So, um, I mean, it was a great view and we enjoyed having it. And when we were in Hawaii, it was great to sit out on the balcony for a little bit, but, uh, on some of those open sea days, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't very usable. So the trip has not really started yet, which is amazing because I've been talking for so long, uh, because there's one other thing that has to happen and that's called the muster station drill. Now, uh, some of people that I've talked to, uh, don't think the idea of cruising sounds very uh, fun because they've seen the Titanic and they don't like that idea of hitting an iceberg and getting killed. So, uh, turns out cruise ships are pretty safe. Number one. Uh, well, number one, we went to Hawaii, so there's no icebergs. So that was good. Um, but as you walk around the ship, you will see all these giant lifeboats and it's not like a little rubber raft. It's like totally enclosed, big, giant fiberglass boats and they're everywhere. Uh, and in every room you have a, uh, uh, life vests for everybody. And so what the muster station drill is, is you have a spot on the ship that you are assigned to go to in case of emergency. So, uh, they do a drill. You're required. First of all, this is required. Uh, you get the life jackets out of your room. You go to the muster station. Ours was at the, uh, the theater. Uh, so there's 500 people in there and it's just like the talk that you get at the beginning of a, a plane flight before you go somewhere, you know, they tell you where the exits are. They tell you how you would be routed. If there were an emergency, they show you how to put on a life jacket and then you, they send you off to your room and that's when your vacation begins uh, don't get in a hurry before that, because this is mandatory. Uh, they scan your cards when you go in and out. Uh, you know, it's, it looks like a little credit card kind of thing in it, uh, which has a, a RFID thing in there, I believe. And they just scan it, you know, but, um, they, uh, uh, you're required and marks you off this list. And if they don't, then they come get you. And then you have to go, it's like, you have to go to the principal's office and do a, a, a personalized training, which I think is much longer and much worse. Uh, so this is, um, you know, it's mandatory. It's a good thing to go to. Uh, and you know, cause you know, if there's an accident, uh, there's lots of boats, there's lots of things, you know, uh, safety measures and they tell you all about it. And then you go, uh, and then, like I said, once they do that, you're turned loose for the next 15 days uh, and your vacation begins. So, as I mentioned, uh, the cruise from L.A. to Hawaii takes five days to get there. And people say, well, what do you do on a cruise ship for five days? Well, the first answer is you eat. Now, I could talk for a couple of hours about all the types of food that are available on a cruise ship. Uh, But here's the short version. Number one, there was buffets. Uh, Those were up on, uh, I think, the Lido deck, on deck 15. Uh, The buffets are set up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they have normal-type foods. Um, It's not Golden Corral level, you know? I mean, it's smaller than that. And then there are off Time buffets, you know, like in the afternoons, they might have snacks or a brunch kind of thing. Uh, but anytime uh, that you're hungry, you can go to the buffet. The buffet was uh, open twenty four seven. I think I read in the middle of the night, it's not a buffet that they bring you a menu and just make what you know it's like made to order. Um, but anytime you're hungry, day or night, you go to the buffet, uh, and that's free. Number two, there are food stations which are. Um, like specialty or specialized for a uh, specific thing. There's a pizza station where they always have uh, cheese, pepperoni, and then one other kind of pizza. Uh, There's a hamburger station that has hamburgers, hot dogs, and chicken sandwiches. There was a sushi station where you could go get sushi. There was a thing called uh, Wings and Rings, I think, which had barbecue wings, barbecue Onion rings, uh, stuff like that. These are scattered, uh, mostly on the food deck. I mean, most of the food stuff is on, uh, I mean, this type of self-service food stuff is, um, uh, on the 15th deck. There was a waffle station that was open from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. So most of this stuff, uh, that type of stuff is open from, gosh, I don't know, uh, 10 or 11 in the morning till 11 at night. Uh, again, it's free. Go get whatever you want, as much as you want. Um, the buffet has inside seating. These food stations are kind of on the open deck. Uh, there are tables everywhere. There are chairs everywhere. Occasionally on the buffet, we had trouble finding a place to sit. If you went during peak hours, if you went at five or 6 PM for dinner, at, uh, you know, to the buffet. Uh, but the outdoor, there was always outdoor seating available. Then there are restaurants. There's the Da Vinci, there was the Michelangelo, there was some other one. It's probably named after a, a Ninja Turtle as well. Uh, and there were three different types. One was um, you made reservations, but you could sit by yourself. So you could get a table for two, table for four, that sort of thing, make a reservation uh, and sit by yourself. Then there was another dining room that was more geared towards uh, social or shared seating. So they had these big round tables for, for um, you know eight or ten people. And, uh, so you would go sit down and I thought that was going to be more awkward than it was. Uh, but you sit down with other people and then, you, you know, you think, well, I don't have, what do I have to talk about with other people? But what do you have to talk about is the cruise. You talk about what they've done. What have you done? What are you planning on doing? You know, and we found out some information about the cruise and, and it was a good time. So, uh, you could do that. There's uh, another dining room that specializes, uh, in scheduled meals. So you have to schedule. So if you want to have dinner at six thirty every time, every day during the cruise, then that is what you do. Um, Our schedule was so loose that we didn't want to do that. Then there was the Crown, uh, which was a restaurant that you have to pay for. But uh, if you are a Platinum or uh, Suite member, as we were, you got free breakfast at the Crown, and we got dinner at the Crown uh, for the first night. And I think maybe the last night, but we didn't go there. Um, But let me tell you about – First of all, let me tell you about our first dinner at the crown. We went into the crown, the waiters, and and actually this happened at every restaurant. The waiters put the napkin in your lap and they push your chair up and, you know, all these kind of things. And we sit down and the guy says, okay, well, well, um, you know, our special tonight, you know, Mason is uh, my picky eater, you know, he's hoping that they have cheese nachos or something, you know. Uh, the guy says our special tonight is a 16 ounce New York strip and Mason's eyes get big. He's like, can I get that dad? I'm like, yeah, it's free. You know, everything on this is is free for us. So he orders that my wife and daughter order filet mignon and I order the prawn. Uh, so I'm like, oh, this sounds like a pretty good meal. And then the guy says, well, what kind of appetizers do you want? Well, I guess we'll just have some soup or salad. So we kind of order that. And he says, well, you know, we have these other appetizers. How about some crab cakes and something else? And I said, okay. So I'm thinking we're not going to be able to eat all this stuff. And then the guy looks over our order and he says, you're missing something here. He says, I know. Do you like lobster tail? Mm, okay. Sure. <laughs> he brings out with our meal, eight lobster tails, two per person. So. On our table, uh, like in front of my son, you know, he has a 16-ounce New York strip steak. Uh, I think he had a chicken noodle soup, two lobster tails, a pile of rolls. I'm like, and this is the first night of the cruise, and I'm thinking, this is going to be all right. <laughs> well, we also had access to that place for breakfast every morning. Uh, and on Facebook, I posted a picture some people have asked me about. Uh, I ordered a omelet, which turned out to be a three-egg omelet with vegetables and uh, ham and American cheese. Uh, then they brought me some sausage links on the side. Um, for drinks, they said, well, you want us to just bring out the normal drinks? I said, okay. Uh, the normal drinks turned out to be uh, ice water, orange juice, a pot of coffee, and a mimosa. That was... <laughs> So the second day we were like, okay, we just want, you know, coffee and water or whatever. Um, and then the lady said, uh, would you like some bacon? I said, I'll take a side order of bacon. And Susan said, I would too. So they brought out a side order of bacon. Uh, that was like half a pack of bacon. I mean, it probably had 40 pieces of bacon in it, 30, 40. I don't know. It was this gigantic pile of bacon. And then the lady turned to Susan and says, I'll bring yours out in just a moment. And so (laughs) I thought that was, you know, bacon for a family of 10, but it was just mine. And then they brought Susan out the same size. So we did actually have to tell them, you know, I only want two or three pieces of bacon. And then if you say that they only bring you, you know, 12, 13, whatever. Um, then, uh, you know, on the eggs, I had, uh, omelets, I had scrambled eggs over easy. I had uh, eggs Benedict several days and, and, uh, I discovered they had French toast and this was like, unlike any French toast I've ever had. It was almost like cake. Uh, you know, there's no crust and it was really thick bread with syrup and, and, oh man, I want to go get some French toast right now. Um, but it was just fantastic, you know? So, so if you're the type of person that wants quick and easy, you go to the buffet, go get a hamburger. I, I'll say the hamburgers were really good. My kids love the pizza area. We liked to go into the crown. Um, there was a place upstairs for sweet people called uh Skywalker's lounge. And I, you know, right off the bat, I was like, well, they got the name right, you know? And, uh, they had hors d'oeuvres like, you know, chips and, and dip and uh, shrimp cocktails and stuff like that. I, there's literally food all over the dang boat. I mean, you can't go. Uh, and every place that serves a meal also serves desserts. So you're constantly having, oh, I'll just have a little, you know, brownie fudge sundae or a little, you know, brownie with the ice cream on top or a little piece of chocolate cake or some mousse. Or I mean, it's just never ending. You know, people, th- this is a, a advice tip that I've read online. And I could see that really being true. It sounds funny, but people said, save your looser fitting clothes for the end of the, the cruise <laughs> because, uh, you're going to put on a few pounds. I actually lost a few pounds on the cruise, but it was because we took the stairs and did so much walking, uh, that, you know, everything balanced out. But, uh, anyway, yeah, food it's there. Oh, and I, I forgot uh, to mention there's also room service, which is free and you can call room service And they have menus, and you can order basically any of the things I just mentioned. And they just bring it to your room. Now, when they brought room service, we did tip. Uh, But, uh, uh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, convenient sometimes in the mornings for breakfast. If we didn't want to get out or something, we would do that. Now, let's talk about uh, what else there is to do. Uh, Because you're on the ship for a long time. And uh, the second biggest thing to do was entertainment. Uh, Now, you want to read the patter and the patter is a newsletter that they put outside your door every morning. And I have uh, saved a couple of the patterns. So if you hear me flipping around here on a uh, paper, that's what you're hearing here. Um, this is the patter for, um, I don't know, day two or three on the cruise. And so when you open it up, it's like a big, uh, thing, you know, where it lists times where everything is. Now I'm not going to read everything on this. I mean, it's like three pages and stuff. Um, but, uh, this is the, from the refreshing morning section, I'm just going to jump down to, um, Oh, 10 o'clock here. All right. So here's what there was to do on this particular day at 10 o'clock. Number one, enrichment lecture wonders of the amazing Pacific. So if you wanted to go hear this guy talk about, uh, things that are, uh, in the Pacific, you could go to that 10 AM Monday morning raffle. This raffle is for you. Morning birds. Uh, 10 o'clock in the Piazza, Norman Love's Chocolate Demonstration, Deck 5. 10 a.m., Lay making and Hawaiian Crafts with Lea Loa, which was uh, Lea Loa and Dave were two of the entertainers, and they, they uh, did different Hawaiian-themed things. 10 a.m., Passenger Talent Show Rehearsal, for those who have signed up come to the Wheelhouse Bar. 10 a.m. Movie, Night and Day, starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Uh, That was upstairs at the uh, uh, Movies Under the Stars. Um, There was a uh, 100-foot TV screen uh, outdoors up on the 15th floor. During the day, they showed movies uh, around the, uh, you know, we were there over Christmas. They showed a lot of holiday movies, Christmas movies for the kids. Uh, And then at night, they showed football. We got Monday Night Football. We got the Rose Bowl and the bowl games, the college bowl games uh over that time. So at night it was just like a bunch of old guys sitting around drinking beer and watching football on this giant screen. So uh we spent a lot of time there. That was fun. 1015 Monday Trivia Challenge at Club Fusion. 1030 Acupuncture Seminar Chinese Herbs for Health. Ten thirty card and board game player get together. Uh they had uh, a library on the ship where you could check out board games, trivial pursuit, checkers, connect Four, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, 11 a.m. Effie jewelry quiz. Come join us uh, for the jewelry quiz and win prizes. 11 o'clock fitness seminar. Burn fat faster. There was a, uh, uh a gym and a workout room on the ship. 11 a.m. Texas Hold'em tournament. 10:15 enrichment lecture. 25 amazing dates that shook the world. Another thing to go sit in, uh, 11 5,000 5, hit the jackpot bingo. So they had bingo games. 1115 seminar facial fun bar and 1130 fresh orchid lay making class. So that's what happened on that day from 10 AM to 1130. Uh, and this just goes on and on. I mean, if I skim through here, I'm not going to read all the, the boring stuff over and over, but, um, uh, just glancing at this one day, uh, there was line dancing class. There's Bible study, uh, ice carving demonstration, uh, golf chipping challenge. There was a uh, mini putt golf course up on the 19th floor, uh, and they had a putting challenge. They also had a basketball court up there, and they had a basketball tournament that Mason went to. Uh, and here's a, uh, uh, a horse racing thing that they had, like with uh, like what you would see at the Midway, kind of, you know, with the uh, pretend little plastic horses. Uh, the Princess Pop Choir. Bridge player get-together. Informal veterans get together, uh, cruise Beatles, name that tune, passenger talent show, uh, movie Pirates of the Caribbean, ukulele lessons, um, happy hour at the bar. We did that one day. Um, what else here? Afternoon tea get together. I think there's a lot of British passengers that went to that free footprint analysis. I don't know what that is. Kids talent show. Uh, cocktail melodies from the piano bar. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, uh, literally. And like I said, again, that's from the patter from one day. Uh, So in my list that I wrote down, I won't describe every one of these, but there were trivia challenges we went to. There were bingo. Uh, We saw a magician perform a couple of times on the cruise ship. Uh, there was a juggler, Dan Bennett, who is, uh, if you look him up on YouTube, the guy is amazing. Uh, there was a stand-up comedian. We went and saw that was karaoke. Uh, and then for the kids, each, they have three different kids clubs that are bracketed by age. So the first one, um, I have to think about this backwards. I think the first one is seven and under. And as a parent, you have to check your kid in and out of that one. So you take your kid there, drop them off. And then later you go pick them up. Uh, and these are all, you know, staffed by, uh, uh, it's like a dig here kind of thing. And then there's a eight to 12 one, which Morgan went to, and you could check yourself in and out of that one by yourself. And she loved that. There was all kinds of stuff to do games and stuff. Uh, that one had 30 Xboxes, all with guitar hero in a big circle. So kids could go play guitar hero. It had a, um, foosball table, an air hockey table, all kinds of stuff. Uh, And then there was a teen club, which was 13 to 17. They could also come and go. I don't know if that had as many uh, things in there. They had music and stuff, but Mason used that to go meet friends and then they would go off and and do whatever they want. We kind of turned Mason loose on this trip and he uh, really enjoyed the freedom. Uh, other things we did, there was a spa, the Lotus spa that Susan went to again, that was free for suite members. I think you have to pay a nominal fee, um, if you're a regular passenger, uh, but she enjoyed going to the sauna. I don't like saunas. It makes me feel claustrophobic. Like I can't breathe all the steam in there. Uh, basketball and putt-putt. I mentioned there's walking, uh, people walked around the deck, the library, um, or just hanging out in your room, you know, watching TV, sitting on the deck, sleeping, took some great naps on this trip. Uh, So, uh, I want to talk about the behind the scenes tour. A lot of cruises offer this. We did it on our cruise to Alaska and I enjoyed it uh, so much that I signed up for it again on this tour. Uh, the behind the scenes tour is a tour where a limited amount of passengers get to go in the places that passengers normally don't get to go. It is a guided tour. It is a no photography tour. It is a hands off tour. They don't want you screwing with stuff, but they take you up on the bridge. They take you to the engine room. Uh, our tour, I think, was four hours. Um, it's hundred dollars per person, and only there are only twelve slots. So when when you get on the ship, they will you know it'll be in the patter like with signups, and if you want to do this, uh, you got to sign up fast. Now they on our ship they actually did it twice. And we were able to get into the second group. Um, it's not for everybody, but if you're a person like me that wants to know how things work, the behind the scenes, the trivia, the facts, that kind of stuff, I absolutely love it. And I took Morgan on it and she didn't want to go by the end. She enjoyed it too. I wrote down all the different areas we got to see. We went up to the bridge, met the captain, uh, you get to see, you know, the guys actually driving the ship. There's a guy that stands up at the front of the bridge with a pair of binoculars, watching for things that, so we don't crash into them. That was reassuring. We visited the engine room. We went to the uh, kitchen, the whole galley. Uh, it was just, uh, amazing. The scope of everything. Uh, really, really amazing. We went to the laundry room. Uh, the laundry room had washers and dryers. It had washers, I think, uh, eight or 10 washers that would wash 350 pounds of linens. You know, there's a lot of bed sheets, tablecloths, uh, towels. So they, they wash all that stuff. There was an automated thing that would fold the towels. And I mean, it was just the scope of it was, uh, unbelievable. Uh, we went to the print shop where they print out the pattern, and, and also the photography studio, you know, they're always taking your picture. And then later on they hang them up in the hallway. They said that they, uh, developed. 60,000 pictures for every cruise. And then whichever ones that people don't buy, uh, they recycle the paper and and, uh, reuse those. We also got to visit the uh, little medical ward, the little hospital they have on the ship. Uh, They have seven rooms for patients. They said they don't do major surgeries, but they can do pretty much everything else. Uh, They can set broken bones. They could do stitches. If people get uh, the flu or whatever, they can deal with all that Um, they said if there's an emergency, like a appendectomy or something that they have to, uh, talk to the company and see if it's worth it. Uh, there is no helipad on our ship. So a helicopter would have to, a coast guard would have to come and like lower a rope with a stretcher and take somebody away that way. And it's pretty dangerous and pretty difficult to do. Uh, So they would have to weigh, you know, the dangers of that. And so uh, they said that everybody that works down there has at least three years of trauma experience in emergency rooms. So they know how to do that. Uh, When they asked for questions, I asked a question that I'm sure they get every uh, tour, which is, do they have a morgue? The answer was yes. They have a morgue that holds three people. And someone asked if there was anyone in there right now. And the lady said no comment. So I don't (laughs) know if that's her pat answer or if there was uh, really someone in there. Uh, but the, the behind the scenes tour was really cool. And they gave me this other piece of paper that I'll pull out here. Uh, which was, uh, the facts of the ship. It says behind the helm. Uh, and so of course it has a little map here. Of the thing it talks about the ship, uh, I want to get, uh, here it is. Uh capacity of passengers thirty six hundred. Crew twelve hundred. Max speed is about twenty two and a half knots. Um the ship is a hundred or sorry, eleven 1, hundred and no, I'm sorry. Um it says it is nine hundred and forty four feet long, but then it says breadth, which is eleven hundred and eighty one feet but it can't be wider than it's longer. I don't know what that means. Um, registered tonnage. So it is, um, and this is with, uh, passengers and, and uh, food and everything is 113,000 tons is the uh, ship. Uh, now this was some interesting things here. Uh, for fuel, it has 19 different fuel tanks. Uh, and the total capacity is 908 Thousand gallons of fuel. It runs on diesel. Uh, at maximum speed, it uses about ninety thousand gallons of fuel a day. That that's just mind blowing to me. It also has twelve freshwater tanks. Uh, you you know people need drinking water, bathing water, you know showers, all that you know the water that they cook with. Um, but they have twelve water tanks that hold a total of eight hundred and seventy five thousand gallons. Uh, and it says at max speed, I don't know why the speed matters. Um, but they use uh, 90,000 gallons of water a day. That's crazy. Um, then there's all this other information. There's 18 lifeboats, uh, two fast rescue boats that they use. If you know, they see somebody in distress, they got these little fast boats they can just hop down, phew, you know, go get somebody. There's all kinds of information on here about, uh, uh, the fire pumps and all that. One of the things that I thought was really interesting, uh, is, uh, wow, 823, uh, fire extinguishers. Uh, one of the things I thought that was really interesting was they talked a little bit about uh, the generators and they have two 12 megawatt generators and four eight megawatt generators. So they said they only have to run like one or two at a time. Uh, but, uh, when they do that, uh, it's amazing because, uh, uh, they, you know, they run the entire ship. Someone asked if uh, we pulled into port, if they plug in the boat and they said, no, we could like run, you know, those cities <laughs> that, um, uh, you know, it was, uh, I don't know. It was just pretty amazing to see that the massive thing they showed us in the bridge room, they had a big giant, uh, flat screen with all these statistics. You could see the the temperature of every jacuzzi on the ship, you could see where every, um, you know, fire extinguisher, uh, you know, all the, the fire suppression systems. Um, it's just pretty, pretty amazing. You know, uh, on the back of this, it talks about, um, uh, how to figure how far the horizon is and what deck you're on. So, uh, you know, it says like, if you're, on the, the ninth floor, like we were, you're 90 feet up. Um, and basically, the horizon is 12.6 miles away. So that's how far you can see. If you get all the way up to the top deck on deck 19, uh, it says you're 172 feet up and you can see 17 and a half miles to the horizon. So uh, just really uh, amazing <laughs> uh, experience to be on a ship that large and see all that stuff. Um, so, you know, I told you that, uh, we had our phones in airport mode and we didn't, uh, do, uh, uh, you know, use our phone. So what I did was I had a spiral notebook, which I always take with me. And I wrote down all these notes, you know, and they're funny. I'm just looking through here. Like, um, uh, these, uh, notes like this day, it says, uh, uh, let's see here for breakfast. Uh, buffet, could not find place to sit, ate an outdoor area, Mason had basketball tournament, lunch, uh, miscellaneous, Mason tried Thai pizza, dinner, sat in restaurant with mixed table, met Australian couple, <laughs> played general trivia, uh, went to formal Oh yeah, they had a formal night where you, where you dress up, wore tuxedos, things like that. Um, played paranormal trivia. Got 13 out of 20. Saw a comedian. Took long nap. Have not acquired sea legs yet. Susan visited hot tub. Morgan went swimming. I watched Monday Night Football. Had barbecue wings. <laughs> there you go. So I had all these... Uh, little things. Now, uh, I, I'm not going to have time to go into what all we did in Hawaii Hawaii was our vacation. I'm talking about that stuff on, on uh, my, my blog. And if you want to go see all the pictures of Honolulu and, and, uh, Oahu and, and, uh, Maui, all that stuff, uh, you can go get that, um, on the website. I'm looking through my final notes here. We, we played trivia all the time. Uh, Morgan and I did win the trivia contest one night. They had one on, uh, urban legends, uh, which is like if you're me and you visit Snope, Snopes.com every day, then uh, <laughs> we did pretty good on that trivia, so we did win. Um, let's see what else here. Hard Day's Night, which is a Beatles tribute band, was on the cruise, and they played. We went to go see them. Um, what else here? Susan and Morgan did a gingerbread house building contest, uh, which was a lot of fun. They had an egg drop challenge where they went into the piazza, which is a three story tall area in the middle of the ship. And kids got to build things that would uh, protect their egg from breaking as they drop them off, uh, from the piazza. There was a ship building contest where you had certain amount of, uh, materials and you had to build something that would float. Uh, there was ice carving. Um, there were musical numbers. Uh, <laughs> there was bands. I mean, it literally, it's, you know, the, the only thing I wouldn't say that it's easy to get bored on a ship, but I would say it's easy to get burnout. You know, I mean, there's times where for me anyway, um, you would, uh, you know, I would just go to the room and just turn the lights off and just lay there. I wouldn't even take a nap. Just look out the window, watch the ocean and just, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing. And then, you know, go find where everybody was. Um, your phones don't work, but we took uh walkie talkies. And then nobody wanted to use them. So we did not use the walkie talkies at all. Basically, we just told people where we were going to be, uh, you know, so I would tell Susan, Hey, I'm going to the casino and I'll be there, you know, watching football or playing slots. And she would say, I'm going to ukulele class and I'll meet you there. And so, you know, we just kind of did organization like that. It is a a great, great, great experience. It is not something that we do every year. Um, we did, we've done them every three three years. We had 2009, 2012, and 2015. So, um, you know, I, I have a thing on my website where I, uh, have been keeping track of every state I visited. There's a couple that are kind of iffy on the list, but the last one was definitely Hawaii. And, uh, so this cruise got me, uh, Hawaii checked off the list. So I've been in all 50 states. There are a few states that I just drove through and I didn't do things in that I want to go back and rectify that. But, um, but yeah, you know, it, it was, um, an amazing adventure. If, if you're the type of person that, uh, you know, wants to go on a, an adventure, let somebody else drive and then just go out and explore all that stuff. Then, then I recommend it, man. It, it's really relaxing. It was really fun. It wasn't as crowded as you would think. I thought it was going to be crowded with all those people, but there's so much to do that. Everybody is just spread out. Uh once or twice we met, you know, people that were kind of annoying and then we just, I had never even saw him. I mean, even on the last day, we were running into people that we had never seen just because, um, you know, the ship is so large. So, um, uh, the, the one thing that I, I guess maybe a misnomer, um, is that I wanted to do a lot of writing. I took my laptop, I took my notebook and, um, I said, you know, we're going to have so much time to, on the ship that I want to get some writing done. But I, I didn't, I never did. First of all, I don't know if it's ADD or what, but when I go somewhere like, like I went to this little, um, there's a, a club, Club Fusion, I think it's it's called, and they had some seating, you know. I mean, there's all these round tables and bars and stuff. And I took my laptop down there and I set it up. And then as I was talking or uh, typing, I just started getting really self conscious. Like people walk by and I would think, boy, I bet they think I'm some dork sitting here on my laptop when, you know, everybody else is dancing or whatever. And every person that walked in, I'd look up at, oh, what are they? What are they doing? What are they do? You know. And and after a while, I was like well, maybe I should just go right in the room. And then I took everything and, you know, there was just so much going on that there wasn't really any downtime to do that. You know what I mean? There was always stuff going on and I just never really got in the mood where I just wanted to do that. Now, part of that is because I went on a cruise with my wife and my two kids. And maybe if I had gone by myself, um, then it would have been different, but it wasn't. You know, I had family things to do. And and like I said, there's so much entertainment that it just didn't really – feel like that's what I should be spending my time doing, you know, so i'm back home I'm back in the writing swing i'm I'm getting things moving, so uh th- there's always time for that, but um like I said, overall, oh man, what a great what a great trip uh, spending time in Hawaii and seeing how beautiful uh Hawaii is and how different all the islands were seeing you know an active volcano and one and going snorkeling in the next, and seeing uh, movie locations on the third it just Such a great, uh, time. And then you have those five days, uh, six days back, uh, that, um, you know, it feels like the trip's over, but really there's still all that stuff to do on the ship. You know, we spent Christmas, uh, in Maui snorkeling and new year's Eve on the ship. They had a huge new year's Eve party, a balloon drop and, and, uh, just, just really a fun time. So I don't know that we will do another cruise again over the holidays, over Christmas and new years, it was a fun time, but, uh, as a lot of you guys know, I'm kind of a sentimental guy. I'm kind of a family guy. And so being away from the rest of our family felt a little weird. Uh, and so, like I said, I don't know that, um, that I would do it again that way, but, uh, uh I definitely think that in the next few years we will take another cruise and I don't know where that will be. Um, but, uh, anyway, I have this one I know is long, uh, if you hung in here till the end, I appreciate it. Thank you for, uh, uh, for staying in here. Um, I have, uh, uh, some of you guys have sent me in, uh, some ideas for other shows. So if you've done that, thank you. I'm going through all those and, uh, I got some great, uh, stuff, uh, getting back into the technical realm, uh, a little bit more. So, uh, I would expect uh, another show, uh, not uh, next Monday, but the Monday after next, And, uh, thank you guys all for listening and I will see you on the next episode of You Don't Know Flack. Happy (laughs) sailing. Something for everyone Set a course for adventure Your mind on a new road And love Won't hurt anymore It's an open smile On a friendly shore